You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast. John Minko, the interview. Mink, I appreciate you sitting down with me. This is very highly anticipated. I've gotten a lot of tweets, a lot of text messages, because you are a legend around here, and I think uh, that there's a lot of questions that are unanswered about your life, about your childhood, about the early days of WFAN, and we're going to do our best to cover it all. So thank you very much for sitting down with well, me. Well, it's, it's great to be here. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. Where were you born, and what year was it? It was in 1953, and it was in Hackensack Hospital. <laughs> Did you grow up and spend your all of your formative years in the state of New Jersey? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I spent uh, the first year was uh, I lived with my grandparents, uh, and uh, my parents uh, lived, uh, and that was in Hackensack. And then a year later, um, my other grandfather on uh, my uh, father's side uh, built a house. Oh wow! And uh, oh yeah, no, no, my grandfather. Everything we had, we had then was he built it. He built it. He built the house. He built the garage. You know, I helped huh. build the garage. Really? Yeah. So you, so, so you must have skills to this day that your grandfather taught you, being able to build stuff, right? No, I said I helped. I didn't <laughs> say I built it. Yeah, but, but I have no skills in that. I could, I could, <laughs> I could pick up a bottle of uh, cement and, right. you know, the, the wheelbarrow and things like that. That's about it. I can't believe he built a house. How big was the house? Was it a big house? It was a two. It was a, a three floors. Did you live in that house from then on until you left to go to college? Oh, yeah. No, my parents, uh, my uh, mother is still alive. She's 93 and uh, is still in the house. Wow. Still living there. That's amazing. Yeah. So she's been in that house for over 50 years now. Yeah, and that's in Bergenfield. Right. Did you have brothers and sisters growing up? Uh, One brother. One brother. Older brother, younger brother? Uh, Younger. How much younger? By one year. Did you have a close relationship or no? Yeah, no, we we, have, we don't fight. Never fight? <laughs> no. Did you kind of, as an older brother, but, but, teach him the ways but, but, of the world? They, but, but the differences between me and him are, like, vastly different. It, in the entire family, I'm the only one that likes sports. Really? Yeah. So your grandfather, your mom, your dad, your brother, none of them like sports? Not much, no. You know, my brother was basically into uh, collecting cars and things like that. Uh, is he still alive? He's still alive. What does he do for a living? Uh, he's retired. Oh, what did he do for a living? Uh, he was that. an accountant for Mercedes-Benz oh, wow. and also for Ford. And never had much of an interest in sports? No. How did you become interested in sports then if you didn't have it, you know, running with your family? You know, I I, I don't know. I don't know how I get, you know, I, I suppose it's through my friends um, because we played, you know, base. We were, we were the Sandlot group. I mean, every day. Literally during the summertime, including Saturdays and Sundays at eleven o'clock in the morning, we went down to the field and we played baseball. It was pick up baseball all the time with us. We called it lob. Mm. It was on a softball field, 
but you would go out to the mound and just lob it in. And, and guys know, would hit it, it and you just play yeah, a game. Hit it, and it would be regular baseball that way. That's got to make you feel really good that all these years later, there is a baseball team named in your honor called the Mink Men <laughs> in the fan baseball league I created. That's got to make you feel good. But but it was. It, it was, you know, and you know what? Kids are not allowed to do this type of thing anymore. We could not grow up that way anymore because, and I don't know whether it's insurance purposes or anything like that, but you, you have to be in organized recreation and yeah. things like that. We were the organized recreation. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we played basketball, you know, back in 1970, uh, 68, 69, I, per, I perhaps started one of the very first travel teams. Really? You started by yourself? Yes. How'd you start? It was my team. And, well, one day I went into the superintendent of Burgerfield High School, mm-hmm. and, and they had just built a new gym. And um, uh, because they expanded, We're, my class, class of 71, was the first class to go at that high school for four years. I went th- uh, two years at uh, junior high. So we were the first class to go there four years. And, we, you know, we, uh, the, my friends, you know, we were basically baseball players. We loved baseball more than anything else right. like that. And they didn't want to play or either they couldn't play uh, for the varsity basketball team. So I said, you know what? I went there and I said, could we have that back gym one day a week? And the superintendent said, yes. Wow. I was, I was uh, two days a week. We had Monday and Thursday, two days a week. And so I said, well, we have this back gym. Only get all the, uh, I went to some, I don't know where I got these numbers from. But from all the recreation and all the CYOs that were in the county, and I called them up. Wow. I said, my name is John Minko. I'm the head coach of the Burgerfield Athletic Club. <laughs> and, you know, we'd like to, uh, you know, schedule a game with uh, your organization. We can play home or away. <laughs> and we schedule home games. Wow. Did you did you play or did you just coach no, the I team? No, I was the coach. So you never even played? No. And you're 17, 18 years old at the time, right? Yeah. You're a kid. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you want to play? Did, did you feel uh, you weren't I, good I, enough? You would never saw me play basketball. Really? <laughs> I couldn't play basketball. So you started this I started to it. just coach but not participate yeah, in as yeah. a player. It, no, it, it was basically a, a team that was, you know, we drove. We were driving by then. Right. And, you know, we would drive to the away games. Wow. <laughs> and... Uh, and the first one of the first games we played was against this team. We lost by like forty points. <laughs> Bad coaching. I mean, man. it was all oh, was terrible. So I'm walking out the out the gym, and there was a six foot four individual that was the third string center on this team that we were playing, and he was complaining, complaining, <laughs> complaining about not playing, not playing, not playing. I stopped and I said. You could play for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically recruiting him in the middle of the game. I did. That's funny. So I recruited him. Wow. And I go to his house and pick him up. <laughs> Just to get that six foot four body on your team. Yeah. yeah. So he comes to our first game and I'm sitting on the bench and he gets the ball and he dunks it. <laughs> wow. And I said, oh boy, this is good. Yeah. Good recruiting. So, so we had one play. And, and, and a point guard would throw the ball on the wing, then we'd throw it down low. To the just center. let him dominate. <laughs> the That's funny. Yeah, I mean, he averaged like a 20-20 wow. for us. And, uh, I mean, so much so that one of the other p- players came up to me, my, my friends, 
and said, well, why don't you run a play for me? I said, no, we have one play. <laughs> it's play one, two, three, and four. We do that to, to, uh, to uh, throw off the other coach. But the bottom line is the play is the same. Do you remember this kid's name, by the way? Yeah, his, What's name, his name is Keith Johnson. Keith Johnson. If you're listening out there, good job by you. You're like the Will Chamberlain <laughs> of John Minko's basketball league. But we made our, we made our own uniforms. Wow. What'd they look I like? Mean, I mean, they were basically blue T-shirts with BAC across the front, and we bought numbers that uh, our mothers sewed on. <laughs> wow, you were very... Uh creative as a kid starting basically a basketball league and you, did you ever play basketball even years before oh, that when I you were played, younger i played i well, played in recreation but the recreation i mean this was 50 years ago i mean was not good right in our towns and our facilities were not good either until they built these extra gyms to bergenfield high school what type of baseball player were you i could play what position did you play i see you as a second baseman yeah second base really i was right second huh. base and when did you stop playing baseball? After you graduated high school? Yeah. That was it? That, that was it. So the last time you've been on a baseball field, not softball, baseball field, playing a game was 50 years ago? Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's basically, yeah. But 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 in high school, I was a, a, a runner. Really? On the I track ran, team? Yeah, cross country and track. Were you good? Um, there were times. <laughs> there were times. I, 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 let's put it this way. I had my share of wins. Okay. Hey. And, 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 um, and I, I would say, though, my two biggest thrills in varsity in in track and field, a I got three letters, so I was I was you know ecstatic about that, and and the other th- two things, we ran, we ran, ten miles. Wow! And I was sore, even though I was in shape, I was sore for two days after that. We're not talking, as the coach said, pitiful jog. We ran. You must, t- have been, years. you must have been in oh. incredible shape if you're running freaking 10 miles. Now, you must have been svelte, I think is the phrasing. I, I was in good shape. You had to have been. I, well, of course I had well, You're running freaking 10 miles. <laughs> now, you'd run 10 miles every single day or five days a week no, during no, school we, days? We, only, we, we ran uh, the most basically at track and cross country in high school. The most we ran was like seven or eight miles. But but one day he uh, there was a uh, uh, in Tenafly, there's – something called the Clinton Avenue Hill. Right. And it's uh and if you start at nine W in, in Bergen County and take this Clinton Avenue, you end up at Bergenfield High School. Mm. And we ran he challenged us to run, not jog, run from Bergenfield High School to nine W. And that meant up the hill. Oh my and, but the, I learned one thing. It was harder running down the hill than it was running up the hill. I could see that because you could fall. If you're running yeah. at full speed uh, yeah. down a hill, yeah. you fall, tumble down. It's, a, it's like I'm jogging and I'm flying down, yeah. down, down that hill. The the most popular question I got of people who want to know about early Minko life was the women in high school and middle school, maybe before that. Were you kind of the a Don Juan in high school? Did you have a lot of girlfriends? No, they didn't, they didn't speak to me. At all? Did no. you try to speak to them? I, yeah, I, I, I tried. And what happened? It just it didn't, didn't go anywhere? It didn't work. It didn't I don't work get out. that because you probably were in good shape. You're probably a decent-looking guy, right? You're probably, oh, you know. Oh, sure. So <laughs> were you just that awkward talking to them? Was that the problem? I, that's that's that's. That's probably the case. Did you have? I had that issue too. <laughs> no, you <laughs> didn't. <laughs> no it's way. always very awkward. <laughs> there was one girl oh. that, that this was uh, during oh, uh, grade school right. that always picked me to be her partner really? in, in square dancing. She liked you, and uh, that was uh, her name. 
Yeah. Was a Wait, hold top. on. You used to square dance? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, Joe, look at the positive. There was this girl trying to dance with him all the time. <laughs> and she ended up being um, a gold digger. A gold digger? On with Dean Martin. Oh, really? oh a gold digger. That kind of gold digger. <laughs> Wait, so let's go. How old were you when this was happening? Uh, I must have been about seven or eight. Okay, so you're young, seven or eight years old. Yeah, every time. School. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to get this in my head. You're doing square dancing, which actually makes sense. Joe laughs at it, but I remember, you know, when you're in elementary school, you're doing a lot of weird things for activities. Dancing. Joe's whatnot. my age. He, he missed out on square dancing. And he grew up in the same state as you. This shouldn't be that surprising. So did you start to think, boy, this, this, this girl likes me. No, that didn't go through I, I your never head? thought that was too young to think about anything. When did you like start that. to think about girls? I don't know. You, but you see, the, uh, there were two, gr- there were two like cliques in, in, in high school. And uh, one was obviously on one side of town, and we were on the other side. And uh, the one side, uh, um, they all had the pretty girls. Mm. We, we didn't have much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was just us, right? And and uh, and we were all of us, you know. As time moved along, getting out of high school, we all went extremely different ways, mm. but we're very close even to this day. Oh, that's great! To even to this day, that's pretty cool. That's that's a, a, a nice thing that you can still say all these years later that you have that kind of relationship. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the the, the uh, fellows that um, I went to. Yankee games when I was a kid, mm-hmm. tons of Yankee games, road trips, the whole works. Okay, we we, we, we get, still go to Yankee games today together. See that, that, we got to get back to that because initially you had said, which is true, that your parents, your brother, not in the sports. So do you recall what got you into the New York Yankees? And maybe it was your friends. Was it no, that? It was, it was probably friends. So they liked it. You said, oh, this is cool. Let me go watch the Yankees with you. Do you remember the first Yankee game you ever watched? Yeah, it was a, my father took me. It was a Sunday afternoon. Uh, 1962, uh, the Yankees played the Tigers. Bill Stafford pitched. It was a one nothing game. Oh, my God. You want a baseball reference this so I can look this up? That's the first Yankee game. The first Met game I ever went to was against the Braves on a Wednesday afternoon, I believe. I went with the Bergenfield Cub Scouts. Oh, wow. And did you have any? Po- and that was at the Polo Grounds. So it was sixty-two or sixty-three, obviously. Yeah, sixty-two was the sixty-two first year. First year. Did you have an, any affinity towards the Mets, or were you clearly a Yankee fan growing up? No, I was a Yankee fan growing up. But you didn't. You just kind of looked all at the Mets. Our friends, all the, everybody was, was Yankee fan. I could imagine that because New Jersey is Yankee country. You know, more it, so it is. Yeah. yeah, especially Bergen County. Who was your favorite player growing up? Were you a Mickey kid? No, my favorite player was Gene Michael. G- Stick Michael, huh? Oh. G. Michael. Wow. Oh. A- and there's a story with him when we get to the uh, Butler days. But uh, but G. Michael was my favorite, favorite player. Favorite player. Yeah. Be- uh. And the reason why is because I went to a Twinite doubleheader and he pitched. Rocky Calavito, the Yankees were short on pitching. Rocky Calavito was the came out of the bullpen for the Yankees in the first game and ended up being the winning pitcher. <laughs> wow! And so I guess Ralph Houck thought that he was brilliant. So in the second <laughs> game, he brought Gene Michael into the game to pitch. But uh, and Michael was doing pretty well, except uh, Ruben Amaro made an error and it opened up the floodgates and Gene Michael was the losing pitcher. Wow. So that moment, him getting that opportunity to pitch and subsequently losing, yeah. that created the love affair for Stick Michael. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and from a, 
other standpoint, the other one was uh, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I mean everybody loved him. You know, but I had goals with both those players as the broadcasting career, you know, started up. Did you, as a kid, ever think about broadcasting? Like, yeah, all the time. So that you knew early on, that's what you wanted to do. I knew the exact day when it was the day of the, and believe it or not, and folks may find this hard to believe that there were blackout rules for on for the National Football League for local teams like the Giants. Right. There were no Jets. The Jets were in the AFL at, at that time. So Giant home games were not televised local or allowed, and you had to put a big antenna on top of your house to pull in Channel 3 from Hartford, Connecticut, if you wanted to watch the Giants, which we tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 anyway, uh, the games were blacked out. And when the Giants played the Packers, in the NFL championship game, that game was blacked out in New York. And so in my bedroom, I listened to the entire game. Marty Glickman, Chip Cipolla was doing the pre and the post. I believe the game was on WNDWAM mm. 1130 at, at that time. And it was at that time in, in the bedroom listening to that. That, that's what I wanted to try to do. It is mind-boggling, and Joe has talked about this on the air, that there was a time in which they thought it was a good idea to black out local football games so you could either listen on the radio like you did or go to the game or move out of the area yeah. to actually watch the game. That that's is right. mind-boggling. They, bl- they blacked them out, and there were no such things as doubleheaders. Right. And then I, I, I do remember the doubleheaders came in, but it was all San Francisco 49ers or Los Angeles Rams. That's it. Mm. Whereupon the Cowboys said, you know, I think we want to be in that 4 o'clock mix. And that's how the Cowboys became America's team. That's how that started, is that they forged themselves in there with the 49ers and the Rams. Mm. And and success certainly helped, too, because they were very good in the late 60s and 70s. You know, it took a while to actually win a championship, but they were also perennially so good. But that's where the America's team comes from. Right, right. So what about that game made you want to get into broadcasting. You're listening in your bedroom to I the NFL to championship. And I, I just, you know, I mean, he, he was there. Right. He was, you know, broadcasting. I don't, somehow I was able to, you know, relate even at my, you know, young age. And, uh, and I said, I, I want to do this. So you wanted to be a play-by-play announcer. That's right. But basketball and football. Basketball and football. So baseball didn't basic- have that dream of? No. No, and and I don't know why. Yeah, I'm curious because it sounds like baseball and, was your favorite sport growing yeah, up. But, you know, unlike other teams around the country, the Yankees and Mets were on TV all the time. Mm. Not all the time. There were games that were several games that were just radio only. Right. At, you know, they were probably televised about 140. And, and, and people don't realize, too, in addition to the football, once you got out of New York, like the Pirates and the Reds and – even the Cubs and White Sox, those games were basically radio only. Mm-hmm. And they would never televise a home game. Mm-hmm. That was, oh. I guess they figured that the only way to get people to come to games was not televising. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, thinking imagine. about that now is crazy. Yeah. Now um, you can watch any game you want. Any game you yeah. want. And with the DVRs, you, anytime you anytime want. Anytime you want, <laughs> yeah. So Think I'm, of that. I'm thinking that. And you basically said it, but I'm circling around trying to draw conclusions that the fact that you were able to watch baseball games on TV probably led to not having the passion to be a play-by-play announcer for baseball. While with football, 
that was the way you heard the local teams. Yeah. You weren't seeing them. You were listening to them. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I told my athletic director at, um, at the high school, uh, my cross-country and track coach was also the AD, and I said, you know, I'd like to do the, you know, the PA for the basketball games and the PA for the high oh, school that's football cool. games. That's cool, and you did it. And he did it, and I did. And, you know, in high school, I was always there with the microphone. I did the daily announcements <laughs> in the principal's office. Right. And uh, did it sound like a 2020 update? Was it? Did it sound similar I to what we'd hear no now? I have no idea how it sounded. <laughs> Love to get a tape of that. <laughs> but doing that for basketball and football is so different than play-by-play. Like oh, announcing, sure. all right, the basketball. But you we know. didn't. Ha- we didn't have a radio station. Right. No. You know. I mean. I mean. I. We, uh, back then, I took a home ec course. What'd you learn at home, Mike? But basically, because I, I, was in, I was in the band. And, uh, Boy, you were a talented guy. You were in the band, too? we <laughs> yeah, got to get to that in a second. I played the clarinet. The clarinet. <laughs> oh, boy. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and my senior year, I decided I didn't want to be in the band anymore. So they had this elective called Bachelor Foods. And, and, <laughs> and, and it was a cooking class for males. Right. So What's said, the difference? But now I, I get it's a different era. Why would there be a different cooking class for men and women? Cooking is cooking. What the hell's the difference? It's fifty years ago. I know, I know. I'm you, thinking about it because it. I don't think you could do that now. No. Well, what's I mean, the difference? Gym, gym class. You know, in gym class, there was a a barrier basically uh, separating us from the girls. We had that too. And I'm not. You know, I'm 35 years old, so I was in high school in the you know late 90s, and it was the same thing. They split the boys and the girls up. I don't know if they do that. Maybe they do it today. I don't even know. I have no idea what they're doing now. But that's yeah, something I, I experienced too. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> did you learn how to cook successfully there? Well, the one, one story I remember is that we were cook making cookies and they had the dye to put in the cookies to, to make the colors. And, uh, and I, the person that uh, I was with, I said, well, what color should we make these cookies? And he said, I don't, I don't know. What color do you want to make them? I said, well, we'll take a little bit of all the colors. <laughs> So you made a rainbow <laughs> and cookie. And we mix it up. No, they looked like cement. Oh, that's right, because you mixed it. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like cement. Yeah, I think if you put all the colors together, it doesn't work out very well. It was Mrs. Santello. She was our teacher. Oh, you rem- <laughs> Can you name every one of your teachers? Or do you get tripped up? A lot of them, but not all of them. Yeah, you know, it's funny with me. I don't know if you feel the same way. I can name my elementary school teachers. I couldn't name any high school teachers. But whatever really? reason, even though high school is more recent, I just, I guess because there were so many and none of them stood out. Well, with elementary school, you had one teacher. That was it. And the teacher taught you everything. So for me, I can name all the elementary school teachers. Couldn't name a high school teacher. I mean, we had uh, you know, varying age groups, obviously. We had a history teacher uh, who was getting up there in age and, and got up there in front of the uh, the class and said, well, when I was in the war, and someone in the back goes, which one? <laughs> Civil War? <laughs> Revolution? Were you, I'm just doing the math, you were in school when you found out that Kennedy was shot, right? Yeah. What do you remember about that moment? Because I, I know for, for your era, that is that is something everybody remembers where they were, everything about it. I, I, I can remember every detail of 9-11, where I was, how I heard about it. What do you remember about well, the they, Kennedy they assassination? They sent us home. They sent us home from school. And, and back then, at least for us, there was no such thing as a school bus. If you had to walk a mile to school, you walked a mile to school. Did you have to walk a mile to school? No. I was around, uh, Elementary school, I was around the corner. Oh, that's good. So I, I was fairly close. But uh, they sent us home, and I think we didn't have – I remember watching the funeral um, on television with Walter Cronkite, and 
Uh, and um, I, I don't think we had school for like three or four days. Did they when they sent you home? Did they tell you why they were sending you home? Did they say we're sending you home because yeah. the president was shot? Yeah. yeah. Now I don't remember how the teacher said it. You know, the, the only thing I remember we were out of school for three or four days, and I remember watching the funeral. That, mm. That's that's all. You know, because back then it was regular television, free TV. Now they they call it and um, antenna on top of the house, and Walter Cronkite basically was the voice of America. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, people don't realize how a TV anchor for CBS, they don't realize how big he was. I mean, and there's been no one like him. Well, it's since. just such a different situation because you've got so many ways to get news now that yeah. there isn't one person. So yeah. it's just it's a different world when you look at news coverage. And, and while NBC and ABC and all the channels – aired the funeral there was only one voice on any network or any station and that was walter cronkite mm. that's fascinating uh what was your favorite subject in school uh math really yeah. why i don't know <laughs> that's just i don't know what was interesting about but but that? But, but you know th- there were times that 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 i uh, I mean, I was an average student, like a B student. Okay, I was about B, to ask I, I you mean, that. Uh, there weren't, you know, any fours or A's. Uh, oh, there were some A's, but but very few. And I do remember sitting in in, in um, geography class one time, and there was a, a female by the name of Jackie Zeman mm-hmm. who went on to uh, General Hospital fame. Really, Bobby Spencer. Oh wow! And she sat behind me, and and she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said to me, she "says." Could you move to your left so I can get some answers? <laughs> so she was copying off of you. Yeah, and and I just turned around. I said, "Well, uh, yeah, I don't care." I said, "It's your risk." <laughs> <laughs> At least we're honest about it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. if you saw, is she still alive? This woman, the Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. If you do, you think she'd remember you? Do you think if you no. saw her, she if you remind her, hey, you used to cheat off me. You don't think she'd remember you? Mm, I don't think so. Did you ever? Uh, there was a, there was another uh, media person. By the name of Warren Levinson, okay, who uh, that sounds familiar. Who was, was that? a uh, news person for the Associated Press? Okay, uh, for and I saw him at our last high school reunion, and um, you know I said to him, I said, "You've had a heck of a career." So did you? Don't I think you still may be the most famous person though, to come out of your high school? Don't no, you think, uh, Jackie? Really? Oh yeah. You're you're the mink man. No, you're on WFAN. <laughs> Jackie Zeman. All right, I, I'll trust you on that. Um, did you go to your prom? Yeah, both of them. You did? Junior and senior. So you had a date for the prom? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Well, we talked earlier about girls. You made it seem like you never dated anybody. So was this a girlfriend or was this someone? No. Who was she? Somebody said yes. (laughs) Same girl for both proms? No. Okay, the junior. Was that your first and only dates in high school? Or did you have other dates? No, I had a couple dates. Okay. But it's in the low single digits. Did any of them turn into girlfriends? Uh, One. So you did have a girlfriend? Yeah. All right. What was her name? Can we reveal that or no? Sure. Her name was Ivy. Ivy. How long were you guys together? Uh, two months. <laughs> Why'd you break up? I don't know. I don't think she liked me. Did you guys ever kiss? <laughs> I didn't say anything to her. I just asked a kiss. <laughs> I think that happened. You did? That was your first kiss? Ivy. That could, could be. Um, you know what your first kiss was. Yeah, that probably was. Wow. Probably. Come on. Everybody remembers it. So she broke up with you is what you're confirming. She yeah. decided. I'll, you, co- I'll confirm that. Were you devastated? 
I w- yeah. You were upset. Yeah. Were you in love? I don't I didn't know what it was then. Well, that's the thing. I think at the time you may have been looking back on it, you probably laugh at it. I wasn't in love, but at the time it probably was heartbroken. No. Well, quite possibly. How old were you when you were with Ivy? Uh, I was a junior in high school, so I was uh, seventeen. But I was driving, so you know. Okay, but she wasn't the one that went to the prom with you. No. So you guys broke up before the prom. Yeah. Uh, now you're going to this junior prom, and who'd you ask? Just a random girl who you were friends with? Uh, someone that uh, I went to a grade school with. Okay. That lived basically right near me. And there was no that romantic. I've known for a year. Nothing romantic. No. Just, hey, you're a friend. Let's go. No. Senior prom, what was that? Who would you go with there? Uh, same, basically. Same somebody, si- type of story? That, yeah. So when you left high school, you did not have any women you were leaving. No. You know, you had one girlfriend. It was a couple of months. You may have kissed a couple of times. That's it. There was no connection as you were leaving the state of New Jersey. That's correct. Now, let's get to college, all right? Because this is fascinating. Because we all know where you went. You went to Butler. When you're a senior or a junior, I'm not sure when you're starting to look at colleges, what schools did you identify as the ones you wanted to go to? Well, basically, you know, I wanted to go for broadcasting. And uh, my father was a television repairman. Mm-hmm. And he was in Norwood, New Jersey, and there was an executive for NBC. And my father told him, uh, he said, my son wants to do blah, 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 blah. Uh, if he came into the city, the Rockefeller Center, and met with you, you know, could you give him some advice? And uh, he said yes. So I went one day. And um, I said, well, what about broadcasting schools? I said, uh, Syracuse? And he says, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to Syracuse if I were you. Why? why? And, Did he give a reason? Oh, yeah. And um, he, he said, um, uh, so, well, w- where do you think I should go? He said, Butler. And I said, what? <laughs> where? <laughs> He said, Indianapolis, Indiana. He said, this is the reason. He says, they have a radio department. Uh, You major in radio. That is your major. Right. The student station is on the commercial band for some reason. The the student station is 37,000 watts FM. Pretty big. So it's not your uh, 1,000-watt college station. He said, you do all the games, Butler football and Butler basketball. Butler football is Division Two. Butler basketball is Division One. The kids run the radio station. Everything from program director to chief engineer to music director to sports director to doing all the play-by-play. There are no professionals. There are no adults. There are no syndicated programs. There's nothing except for kids. And I said, well, I guess that sounds pretty good. And did, that's how I ended up at Butler. Did that person go to Butler? Or was it just no. just their knowledge it, of the knowledge what they of, had? Of the, because he said Butler is a small school, but, but the basketball program is big time. Right. And he said, if you go to Syracuse, it may be extremely valuable, but there's a chance you could get lost in the shuffle. Mm. Here, you're going to do it. Whether you're any good or not, you're going to get your shot. You're going to get your. And that's chances. the most important thing. And and that's um, and that's what it, what it was. So it really, in your mind, was Syracuse was your thought, and yeah. then this guy, this what was he, an NBC executive? Yeah. You said he was the one who said, "I advise Butler." And from that moment, you were focused on Butler. Like yeah. it was that. I, it was that I, easy. I applied, visited, uh, talked to the track coach. 
<laughs> so did you run track there? Um, t- uh, one year. One year. Yeah, two years, actually. Yeah, sophomore I ran. So did you, you never applied to Syracuse? Or did you apply no, to Syracuse? No. So you only applied to Butler? I applied to Butler. I applied to Ball State. They had a broadcasting school. Okay. And a couple of small schools in Pennsylvania. But clearly Butler was the target. Oh, after I visited? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about visiting it made you fall in love? The radio station. I mean, I mean, and and seeing that it was all kids, mm. the kids did everything, and and uh, and that's it. Ball State, they had a good radio program too. But yeah, I visited there, but it was that was probably more. But, you but, just but, had it, to, but it was only a thousand watts, right? I mean, that was yeah. just probably you had to apply to something else just in case. Is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't a genius. Were you? <laughs> were you confident you were getting into Butler? I don't remember. I'm I ki- wanted to. Right. No, I'm just curious what but, but, this. But you know, I, I I didn't know how all that stuff worked. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to write um, any kind of essay, or was it just no? I'm applying here. Are my yeah. grades this is what I've yeah. done. Let's go. This is what I want to do. I want to go into broadcasting, uh, school, which was in the the arts, and um, was it difficult leaving the state of New Jersey? You'd lived their entire life there. Yeah. You were in your grandfather's built house, and now you're moving to Indiana. How was that? Uh, the first three months was tough. Mm. I mean, all of a sudden you're walking around, you have no friends, you have, you, you know, no one. And, uh, and then eventually, uh, the radio people became your best friends. So who was that first friend you made at Butler university? Oh, the first one probably was, was a non, I lived in the dorm. Right. And, um, you have a roommate. Yeah. Are you friends with the roommate Steve, or not really? No, I didn't like him. Why? I don't because it, I tried to sleep, sleep and he would just blast the stereos and all this. Selfish stuff. jerk. <laughs> but 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 I became friends with the people in the in the radio department. And when you ran track, how different was that? Because it's one thing to run track in high school, even though you were running a lot of miles. But now you're running track at oh. you know, pretty good college. What was that it, like? Uh, that was tough. I mean, it, uh, uh, a. You know, for those that get out of high school and go any sport, I don't care what it is, you know, wrestling, softball, baseball, you know, obviously football and basketball, the the regimen and the work is is far, like, triple. You know, and, and I said earlier that, you know, I ran the 10 miles in high school. They were doing that every day. No, oh, man. <laughs> Why did Running you? every 10, but, but uh, you know, I, but I enjoyed track and, and I eventually gave up cross country because it was too much, and uh, the pra- I couldn't run ten, twelve. Run. I'm not talking jogging. I could jog that much, but but I couldn't run that much. And and then um, and then I I, I, I do remember going. T- I ran in a track meet called the. Cent- I I finished in an indoor meet. I finished third at the Indiana Relays. Wow. And I uh, to Pretty this good. day I thought it's one of the biggest thrills I've had. Then came the spring, and I'm on the line for the half mile at, at a meet called the Central Collegiates. Mm-hmm. And I step up to the to the start line. I look to the right. The jersey says Bowling Green. I look to the left. The jersey says Michigan. <laughs> I look down. Mine says Butler. I said, I think there's a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do in that one? Uh, the gun went off. That was the last I saw. <laughs> For the one you finished. I had to run the best race of my life just to be respectable. Yeah, that's a tough spot. Uh, With the one you finished in third, did you get something for that? Did they give you like a third place trophy or anything? No, 
No. So it was just the 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 the, the knowledge. My that name you in the student it. newspaper. Yeah, that's pretty good though. Yeah. So you gave it up second year of college. You yeah. said I'm done a- after sophomore. Yeah. It was just too much. I, I, yeah. I I told the coach. The coach's name was Stan Lyons, mm-hmm. and, and I said I, I I can't physically do this. Yeah. That's tough. And, uh, you know. And that's physically tough. Plus, I was given tons of time to radio. I mean, right. I was at that radio station nonstop. Well, what, when you first got there, what was your first gig with the radio station? Were you working behind the scenes, or were you on air right away? Oh, no, th- that, that's why I went. They put you on the air right, right out away. of the gate. You're on oh, the yeah. air. Oh, yeah. So what, what were you doing on air right out of I the gate? I was doing five-minute newscasts. Okay. And, and, uh, time of day, middle of the day? Uh, no, uh, when you were a freshman, you were at night. Okay, so you start off at nights, a little bit of a news update. Yeah, and, and that, that's basically that's basically what it was. And was your hope to eventually get to do Butler basketball, football, play-by-play? Exactly. When did you get to do that? A sophomore. They wouldn't put any play-by-play people on as a freshman. And uh, my first basketball game that I ever did uh, was Butler against Louisville at Freedom Hall. Denny Crum was the coach. Mm. Junior Bridgman was their uh, top player. Back then, the first football game I ever did was at the old Akron Rubber Bowl, Butler against the Akron Zips, and uh, that was a that was a tough night for the Bulldogs. Were, were you good? Were you comfortable doing it? Did you think you did a good job when you started doing this at first? At, at that at that age, and, and not at the very beginning, right? But you know, I pledged to myself we were going to see what we can do to get better. I mean, we always. Um, we used to always term the college station WAJC. We learn at the listener's expense. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Did you get to do every game, or did you have to switch off with other no, people that wanted we, to do we, it? Uh, I became, the last two years, junior and senior, I became the sports director. So I get to pick wow. who who did which game and whatever. And we split halves. Uh, we had halves. Okay. And, um, you know, one we, base, we had a three-person crew. One would do the first half, one would do the second half, and we had someone that would do color for the entire game. By that second and third year, were you clearly the best at this? Um, you could be, you could be, you could brag because you probably were. Were you the, clearly the I, best? I, I was up there. We we had other good people. Did anybody turn out to have uh, radio careers, or did they all just you know go uh, and do other things? Uh, Corey McFerrin uh, ended up being a, a news uh, a sports anchor here at Channel Seven. He replaced Scott Clark. Oh, okay. Uh, doing and now he is in uh, Chicago doing a morning show. We we we've had Kevin Calabro, uh, who is uh, nationally well known. He does Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, no, I've heard right of him. Now. Yeah, and, so they've uh, yeah, Butler ended up you know uh, developing guys. Oh yeah, Gary Hahn is the play-by-play person for North Carolina State. Um, you know, close friend, and it, uh, others uh, became um, you know in in, in areas. You know, some uh, every job that I've ever had, uh, with the exception of like S- Army or St. John's, uh, any full time job that I've had is a direct result of Butler. Oh, yeah. Every job. Do you, when you see Butler, and obviously you call St. John's games, you see Butler plenty now. Do you get emotional when you go back there? Do you think about, wow, man, oh, this, yeah. this was my, this is the birthplace of the Mink radio career here? Oh, yeah. No, I do get emotional. And especially the first time, the first time that St. John's played at Butler and the SID, who I knew, uh, and and sometimes it's the little things that, you know, bring the emotions out. When I walked in, they gave me my credential. On the back of my credential was my yearbook picture. Oh. 
when I went to sit down at the at the press row or the scores table, whatever to broadcast uh, to do the game, there was a picture of me running the controls at Butler from the Butler yearbook right uh, in that's front cool. of me. That's cool. They put my name up on the scoreboard. They honored you. They gave you the treatment. You know, every single St. John's player came over and shook hands as they went out onto the court with me. That's cool. And um, and you know, was, you know, I grew up with the grew up. I went to school with the athletic director, who was he was a player, Barry Collier, mm-hmm. played for Butler when I was. You know, we're, we're classmates, and you know, I told him the story when I went to homecoming a few years ago. And I and um, and I and my wife goes to me. Says, "Well, why should you be surprised? It's the Butler way. <laughs> the Butler way. By the way, you brought up your wife. Did you meet her in Indiana? Did you meet her at Butler? No, she's from Jersey. She's from high school. I, I oh, well, well, hold on a second. You knew her in high school. Yeah, but I didn't date her in high school. Did you have any relationship with her at all? No. You did. Did you? So you knew of her? Yeah." But never spoke to her. Right. Okay, this is fascinating. So when did, I, I wouldn't even say rekindle because there was nothing to rekindle. When did you get in touch with her? Uh, after I had graduated from Butler. All right, so you've graduated from Butler. I know we're jumping, but we got to figure this out. So you've graduated from Butler. You're now living back in New Jersey or you're still in Indiana? Yeah, I was back in New Jersey getting ready to go for my first job. Okay. You're getting ready to go Which for your first job. Which is sport. Okay. How did you meet her? How did you see her? I don't. I, I think we every, all the kids at that time met at this park that was down the street, and I think that that's where I met. You her. think this is your wife, Mink? I, uh, yeah, but I, you I, I'm think pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's <laughs> how old were you at this time? Twenty one. Uh, 22? Senior in high school? Yeah, I guess Not I was senior 21. in high school. You just came back I mean, from Butler, those, you I said. mean, senior at Butler. Yeah, I had to be 21. Right, so you're at a park, and you see this woman. I didn't get left back. All right, good to hear. And, no, but I don't remember going up to her and say hi. So what, I, what's I, your I, first I, memory I, of... I don't remember. Okay, well, that's fine. What is your first memory of talking to your now wife? I asked her to go to the movies. So you obviously were, were chatting up. You're like, man, you know, she's good looking. Oh, I like this. And you said, hey, let's go to the movies. Yeah. And she said yes. Yes, she did. And you, it, were you excited? Were you like, oh, this is great. I got a date. Yeah. No, I was excited. What was the movie? Mm. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. You don't remember the movie. By the way, can I criticize something? Not criticize, but. Criticize? Not, I'm being honest. No, no. I'm Not criticize. It's, it's more talk out loud about something. Isn't it going to a movie a horrible first date? Because you're not talking to the person. You're sitting next to them while watching a screen. So well, how we, do you do anything well, with that? We, well, we went to the diner for a piece of pie after it was up. Okay. And you the conversation was good? Yes. Are you just that saying that or do you not date? remember? Well, I, uh, yeah, I assumed that the, the <laughs> yes, conversation so. was good. I asked her for another date, and she said yes again. Oh, wow. So now you guys start dating. Yeah, that's right. And then you become boyfriend and girlfriend. That's correct. And... At what point did you say, I'm going to marry this woman? This is the future Mrs. Minko. A, a couple of years later, yes. And do you remember how you proposed? Um, Please don't say you don't remember. No, uh, how? Uh, yeah. I, I did it in the front seat of a car. Okay. So it, it was pre-planned. In and Where were you at the time? Do you remember what you did that night? Um, no, we probably went out to... Probably? Some, no, we... Uh, how do you not remember this? I I, I remember I it was in Piermont, New York. Okay. In the front seat of a car in a park. Okay. And you said, "Will you marry me?" 
And she said, yes. Did she cry? No. <laughs> Very serious, as a matter of fact. <laughs> no. She did, didn't She didn't cry. Did you ask permission uh, of her parents before you asked her? To yes. You did? Yes, How'd I did. How'd that conversation go? That was good? Um... Yeah, I, I assume it was. <laughs> I assume you don't remember anything. No, I remember that. I mean, I I do remember in in uh, my wife's uh, parents' den. Yes, I okay, do, I do remember that. I Is, don't remember the exact words. Isn't it crazy that you went to high school with your wife and you didn't even really know her then? Isn't that idea just kind of crazy? Well, she's four years younger than me. Oh, so you know what? Maybe so you were a senior and she was a freshman. Yeah. Okay. So was it probably more of just a coincidence than anything? Did you remember her in high school? No. Okay, so you did, it was more when you met her at that park. Yeah. She's like, oh, I went to whatever high school you went to. Bergenfield. Bergenfield. Right. And you're like, oh, I went there too. And you didn't really know each other at all. No. Okay. No. That makes more sense. So, yeah, I wouldn't even say you went to high school with her then. I'd almost look at it differently. Yeah. You just happen to go to the but, same but high school. Yeah, she's four years younger. I four years your, different. I met your wife once, and what I thought was adorable was how she calls you Mink. And I find that <laughs> adorable and hilarious because her last name is Minko as well, obviously. I think she took your last name. And we went bowling to a Nets bowling night, yes, if I, I recall. Yes. And she would say, hey, Mink. <laughs> and it just it made me laugh so much. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. All right. Let's focus here, right? There will be a part two, by the way, where we focus on WFAN. Right? As you can see, Mink, this is taking a long time, but there's a lot to get to. You have graduated from Butler. You instantly moved back to New Jersey as soon as you graduate? Uh, no, I ended up in Logansport, Indiana. It was okay. my first job. Your first job it, out of Butler is in Logansport. But there was some time in between um, graduation. And believe it or not, folks, uh, unlike today's colleges, we, we graduated in June. Mm. <laughs> so you graduated in June. At what point did you get the job? How many months later? I knew I, knew I was getting hired in March. Oh my God! I, I I had a job in Logansport, uh, and you know Butler connections. Uh, the, the 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 general manager of the WSAL was a Butler person. That's great. And I was going to do play by play. Wait, so play by play for what? High schools. So you were getting a job doing play by play of local and Indiana I high school. I was going to be their morning person. Oh great! So you morning did a disc jockey. You did a morning disc jockey show on this. What was it? WSAL? You said yeah. WSAL. How many? How long did you do the morning show for? It, uh, two years. What were you like? What kind of host were you as a morning DJ? Um, I, <laughs> we talked to people. I mean, I would talk to, uh, we would have uh, farm reports all the time. What would happen uh, on a farm report? Uh, well, the, the, it was called Porky's Pig Parlor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I need tapes of this. Uh, and I do have tapes. Oh, my God. Uh, do uh, you? A Porky's Pig Parlor. That is amazing. And, uh, what would happen on Porky's uh, Pig uh, Parlor? And, and then, uh, well, Porky would talk about the, you know, the, the livestock prices and <laughs> things like that. He invited me out to the uh, to the farm one day. Did you go? Oh, I went. Did you enjoy yourself? Uh, it was tough walking around in what they had out there <laughs> with the pigs. So when you would, <laughs> you mean, yes, okay. <laughs> wow. That didn't create any interest in you becoming a farmer yourself? Uh, no. No? No, but... Uh, it, it it was it was interesting. What kind of music did you spin? Country music? I played whatever I wanted to play. Really? You had that kind of power at the yeah. station? Yeah. Well, it was you know we didn't have a music director. I mean, this was a this is a small market. What kind of radio station was it? Uh, you know, back then you would call it variety. Oh, okay. So it would play all kinds of all music. All kinds of and... music. It was an AM station, low powered. Okay. And we did lots of, um, and 
we did high school sports. I was the third uh, ranked sportscaster on the staff. And what we also did, and I don't know how we did it. You could never do it now. We originated home games for Indiana and Purdue. What does Purdue that mean? Football. What do you mean you originated home well, games? Well, there would be a Purdue radio network and there'd be an Indiana radio network. But SAL would go down there and do the games, too. Oh, really? Only home games. Okay. And you got to do the play-by-play for that? Some of them. That's cool. I did uh, in 1975. I did play-by-play of, of Knight's uh, undefeated team. That's pretty cool. For a game against Notre Dame wow. that night. And they won it on some Quinn Buckner free throws. And Did people listen to the station, or was it too small to really get that many it, listeners? It was too small, and there was no ratings or anything. Uh-huh. It was only one station in town. Did you... AM and FM. There was an FM. Did you get paid enough money to... To, to live, you know, because obviously uh, now you got to support well, yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, but it, 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 yeah, I got paid one hundred and twenty dollars a week. Was that good back then? I'm just trying to think. Yeah, That's, that doesn't it sound was. bad. It, it, it was. Yeah, it was, and you know, I mean, I lived in an apartment by and, yourself. Yeah, okay. At that time, and uh, rent was only like, you know, two hundred a month. See, when you think about it that way, you hear that money and you say that's not terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks here, you're paying your rent. It's not. Yeah. It's not awful. Were you dating at the time, or were you just, you know, focused no, on work? But the future wife was back here. No, I know that. But yeah. I'm saying you, were at the, oh, no, you haven't I, met I her yet. Uh, no, no, I did meet. Well, well, hold on a second. This uh, is let's 19, get the time this, frame This is after, after, after college. This is a few months after and, you graduated. And, yeah, and then I left for Indiana. So you went back after you graduated, met your wife, dated, and then moved back to Indiana. Yeah. And so you're with your wife, even your future wife, even though she's living in New Jersey and you're in Indiana. Yeah. How do you do that in the 70s? I assume it's the 70s. When you don't have the technology like we have now, you could FaceTime, you could text all the time. How did you maintain a relationship being that far away? Write letters. Oh, my God, like you're in the Civil War. Yeah. So how often would you write her a letter? Uh, at least every other day. Was it sat? Was it love letters? I have no, I don't remember. Did you, you know. Did you get very uh, emotional in these letters? I'm sure I did. Did you get sexual in these letters? <laughs> no. All right. I'll stop. I'll stop right. I'm just curious. So how long did you maintain that job that uh, at that radio station? About a couple of years. Couple. And she was in New Jersey the whole time? Yeah. How often would you get to see her? Oh, quite a bit. So she would come visit you? She'd come visit or I, I would drive home, you know, on weekends. Was there long, ever? A long week. If it, if it was three days... I would, you know, it's about 11, 12-hour drive. I, that's wow. that's a piece of cake for me. I, that's no problem. Nah, I love hearing that. I feel the same way, but that's a lot in a three-day time period. Yeah, well, was She was in college at the time. Uh, yeah, no, she didn't go to college. Oh, so was she just working she at just the time? Yeah. Okay. Was there any talk of, hey, come live with me in Indiana. I got an apartment. I got no. a job. Come up here. No, that, 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 those type of things didn't. Happened that right, way. you had to and marry her first. Yeah. Was there thought of marrying her so she would come up and live with you? Um, eventually. Yeah. Okay. Did that happen? Did you propose to her while you were living in Indiana? No. Okay, I so you're back in New proposed Jersey. proposed in Piermont, yeah. No, I know you proposed in Piermont, but were you living Indiana. in Indiana at the time? That's my question. Yeah. Okay, so you are. So yeah. you ended up doing what I'm saying. You're yeah. living in Indiana. She's in New York or New Jersey. New Jersey, you propose, and then how quickly did it take before you got married and you lived together? A year. 
Wow. So you weren't living together for a year? Yeah, because, you know, it's not like now where you get married in six months. No, I know. That that doesn't happen anymore. I'm just imagining having that kind of relationship. It didn't happen then. It happens. No, no, I know. It's a different time. It it was, at at times, it was a difficult relationship. And, of course, any time I came home, you know, we'd go to Yankee games. Right. She loved the Yankees? Yeah. And I'd go with my high school friends. Right. (laughs) I mean, we've been going to games for 50 years. So after that job, what was your next job in radio? I I figured that if I was going to go anywhere, I had to get closer to the bigger city. Right. So I took a job at a low-powered FM station outside of Indianapolis. It was a gospel radio station. Mm -hmm. They did um, high school football and basketball, and I became the number one person. Nice. And I was the morning DJ for a gospel radio station. John Minko, morning host, gospel radio station. I ran the religious hits. (laughs) And what did you say in between the religious hits? What was your... Just who they were and... and, You didn't have to do much of a show in the middle of it. It was just more really DJing. I I also had to do the news, and it was kind of difficult because we didn't have any teletypes Mm -hmm. or or anything like that. So basically, my job was to rewrite the newspaper. (laughs) Until... And there was the legendary late Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah. Who used to do newscasts. And he, all the time he used to say, page one, page two, page three in a moment. So the last day I was at the station, I said to myself, you know what? I don't feel like rewriting the newspaper. I'm just going to read the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so, so I take the paper. I'm on the air. I'm the only one in the building. But, and I, I, I read, blah, 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 he said. <laughs> <laughs> and then over a sudden. Page two, and then all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, and uh, that's a, that's a, that's a true. Story. How long did you work there at the gospel station? A year, and then what was and, the next? And, and uh, during that time, a year and a half. Uh, during that time, I got a um, part-time job at uh, a WIRE, which was a country music station, all-purpose radio station in Indianapolis. I was the second sportscaster, and I was part-time. Hmm. And uh, I worked for Don Fisher uh, back then, and who is, uh, you know, still the voice of Indiana University today. And I start, you know, and that was my what entrance to the big time. Yeah, Wire, why and Wire was a big time country radio station, and we did sports in the afternoon, and uh, and. Um, and Don. So you started off there part-time yeah. and eventually became full-time at Wire? Yeah. And I got hired full-time because, it, it, you know, I was I, – I couldn't the, – the, the, uh, the station in Plainfield's call letters were W-A-R-T. Mm-hmm. I said, always called it the station that grows on you. <laughs> That's and creative. So, Wart for those who aren't spelling correctly. So uh, um, a friend, a butler person – um, who worked at Wire, uh, was leaving. He was the D- Ben Davis High School, which was a huge high school in Indianapolis, still is. Uh, major athletes come out of there. Uh, had a, actually a student radio station. And this person was running it, but he left to become the midday host at Wire. And I said, you know, maybe I should, you know, give this up a little bit. Mm. Uh, I'll um, give up. W-A-R-T, just be part-time at WIRE and teach at Ben Davis High School. So I quit, 
and uh, I get actually get hired at Ben Davis. And so I quit, and I'm getting ready to, you know, make the transition. And Ben Davis says, you were rejected by the school board because I didn't have a teacher certificate. <laughs> so I go to Wire one day, and uh, I'm sitting at my desk. So Don turns around, and he says, well, when do you start at Ben Davis? I said, I don't. And, and I told him the story, and it was at that day he got me hired full-time. So now you are full-time. Full-time sportscaster. At a premier country station. Yeah. And it Wire. was a yeah. premier country station. All right, this is a perfect place to stop because in part two of the John Minko interview, Mink is full-time at Wire, and then you probably don't realize how important this man was to the birth and development of this radio station, WFN. We will cover the fan on part two of the John Minko interview. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.